Hello, gentlemen, and welcome to Marvel Monday. Hey, hey. This is this is going to be epic. Let's see who we've got here. Mouse Ears and Magic is preloaded. Hello, James. Esther is watching. Brian, who's who's here, is reminding you all, don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe. Dwayne Willie is here. I know he's got some questions. Ethan is also saying hi to everybody. Who's <laughs> the uh, Mark, Mark, Brian, and Brian. The, the multiverse of madness is upon us. We have two Marks and two Bryans. And I told Ethan he's sitting in he's sitting as Doctor Strange here today. Right. <laughs> Let's do this like Jimmy Woo and his magic tricks. <laughs> Jennifer is here. So Jennifer Jennifer is here to get her, her questions answered as well. That's that's part of Marvel Monday. So welcome to Marvel Monday. I am your host, Mark, Mark with a C <laughs> in this in this episode. Uh, Mark from This Diz Life Podcast, and I would love to welcome this amazing panel today. And I have to, I have to start with my my other counterpart, Mark. Mark from United We Fan. Mark Adams from United We Fan, the podcast. Mark, welcome to the panel. Thank you for joining us, sir. Thank you guys for letting me sit with you at the nerd table. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they say the meek shall inherit the earth, sir. Here, here we are. Here we yep. are. We're, we are in all of our glory. The, the mark shall inherit the earth. Yeah. <laughs> Alicia Girl. says, hello, everybody. Chris is here, the reigning champion of adult game night. Courtney made it tonight. The one and only Piano Rob is here. Oh, yes, sir. Uh, Lori is here. Let the party start. We're here to we're here to educate. And if we don't know the answers, we, we have an answer for you as well. Uh, I, I have, too. Such a good time. Such a great and uh, Courtney just said it's such a great episode. Um, you know, we, we interrupt this broadcast episode four. I think, guys, was the episode that so many people have been waiting for. And I, I just want to say this. I, I do my best to moderate. So this is going to be the only thing that I really say here tonight. And then I'm going to shut up. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's kind of hurt my feelings that so many people did not get into the style of the first three episodes that I, I was a huge fan. We've all kind of talked about this separately, that we, we really like the stylized versions of the decades. We like the 50s, the 60s, and the 70s. But for some people, it was it was just lost on them without the context. I was flooded with texts this last weekend to say that was the episode I finally needed to now get into it. I wish they had done that maybe after episode one or two instead of waiting three or four weeks to, before they did that. I, I, Brian's shaking his head no, and I, I have Brian. I happen to agree with you, Brian, with a Y. I happen to agree with you on that one. It would have meant nothing, like with after what we saw at the end of episode three. If we had seen it differently before, it would yeah. have meant nothing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree. So let's help the audience out too. Let's throw up some <laughs> name tags for the <laughs> name. <laughs> Hold on. Let's let's put the name put the name tag on. But if you so with this show. So if you're watching us live, definitely drop a comment for us. Let us know a question or even just a, a something that you noticed, something that you really liked about the episode. Marvel Monday is all about the interaction. We wait until today that we don't we don't talk about it online. We don't spoil it on the page on our socials. This is the day that we allow you to then take off the handcuffs, free up you know any any spoilers. This is this is a spoiler. This is a spoiler zone. So that's the other thing. If you're checking us out on YouTube, if you're over on Facebook, 
and you do not want to hear spoilers for this week. And then we also, at times, we will we have people who will ask us to make predictions. We do that as well. So if that's not your speed, then Marvel Monday, uh, maybe check us out at the end of the season or um, just check us out. You know, if you have a friend who says, hey, man, all clear, you can you can do it. Brian is my co-host and he wants to tell you something, too. While we're on that, when we talk about speculation, we are going to speculate only on things from trailers that have been officially released by Marvel Studios. I'm going to ask the audience right now. There is some spoiler floating around the Internet right now of a scene that was leaked that that has a big giant reveal in it. If you know it, please, please, please do not tell any of us here. I don't think any of the five of us know it. I haven't talked to my co-host, Mark, if he knows it or yeah, he doesn't know it either. So please a, be careful I, yeah. on what you're watching online. But if you know it, please, we are not going to discuss it here. We don't want to know it. Yeah. The, the 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 thing about this is we we want to speculate, but even still, we we try not to go, you know, too too far into it. We we've purposefully held back on it. Uh, I just want to bring this up. Justin Grant says, "I love the decades, but I have talked to people who've hated it." Yes, Justin, we we have seen that as well. I want to I want to talk really quickly about the panel as well. Um, I am the moderator. I do this kind of thing and I'll bring the comments up. And then I generally, once we get into the questions and the content of the episode, I just shut up and I try to just throw it to our three experts, Brian from Mouse Ears and Magic, Brian, who's my co-host from United We Fan. We we have united, united We Fan in this episode too. Mark is joining us this week as a special guest. And then the wolf and I, I, I always say this lovingly of the wolf. Wolf is very much your your average Marvel fan. He's just gotten into the MCU. So right. I love having him here because he is the best and most priceless reaction that he is as pure as you get when he sees something happen in WandaVision or the MCU. He yep. is your average fan and your average consumer. So that's what that's what we love about this show is if you are the average consumer, we love you and we welcome you here. There's a big fight right now going on in the Star Wars fandom. There's always a fight going on in the Star Wars fandom. <laughs> I was gonna say that's nothing new. That like people people are almost like asking for cred in the Star Wars fandom. That like if you if you just came on board, that the old the diehards are like calling you out on social media. There will be none of that here ever. So if you're just getting into this show, like welcome to the show. We love having you here. There's no question. That is too easy, and there's no question that we won't try to tackle if it's if it's something. These guys are are big into graphic novels, uh, so I'm very lucky to have uh, the talent that we that we have here. So it sounds so much more adult when you say graphic novel instead of yeah. comic books. I love it so much. Thank you. <laughs> I I I I would sling those graphic novels for a while. I was I was working in a comic shop. Uh, Samantha, who who is a, a regular on a Marvel show of her own is here and she says it was epic uh they they do a marvel a marvel monday as well they have a marvel tribe of their own uh Dwayne says the setup was well worth it matt is also here in the northeast he's shoveling his way out wanted to say what's up he is completing mine he's completely mind blown after this episode um i wasn't so i i want to tell you guys this and i want to see your reaction I wasn't mind blown as much as I had my mind put back together by this episode. It provided me with that nice perspective that I don't think that we saw. And to start this, I want—I just want to throw this over to to our our resident newbie, Ethan. Yep. Ask him. 
So how, how did this episode sit with you? Was it, was it uh, better for you that you, you now got to peel back and see outside of Eastview or um, did you not mind? What was your reaction on this one? Uh, immediate reaction was I was sort of happy to see sort of the outside looking in. Um, I immediately, so, I mean, we all communicate outside of, you know, and, and I had a ton of questions almost right away. I was like, wait a second, <laughs> what is, what's going on here? Um, so it, it, it did sort of leave me with additional questions, I think is maybe the best way to put it. And I was left sort of feeling confused in the beginning because I was like, all right, wait, where exactly am I in the timeline here? And I think as a sort of a, a new watcher, someone who's really getting into this, I'm trying to put some pieces together from the various amounts of content that's out there. So, um, but no, it was an interesting, it was an interesting perspective to sort of be brought back into like the first couple of episodes, but from almost behind the scenes in a sense. So yeah. that, that portion of it was really interesting, but uh, no, they did they did a they did a phenomenal job. The thing that I love about this uh, television product that they're putting together is it's it's good enough for someone like me to take it for what it is, and yet also for some for you guys who are so in tune with everything that's going on, there's so much hidden that you get to talk about, which I'm sure makes it makes it easy 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 easy. So Rob, you're uh, yeah that uh, and I. Listen, man, I, I can't say it better. I agree with you. That's what I love about it. I've said that to people. For the casual fan, there's a lot there. For the diehard, there's so much Easter eggs that it, it just like Mando, we've said this a million times, it's it's there for the casual Star Wars guy, and it's yep. there for the diehards that grew up with it. Rob's yep. giving you props. Thank you. He didn't know there was a spoiler. He's going to avoid that. Avoid it at all costs. Yep. Yeah. Avoid that at all costs. And hey, everybody, are we going to debate how you spell Mark and Mark? All marks are created equal. We're all amazing in the eyes of our maker. That's right. So I'm just gonna just gonna throw we'll that. Go up. With that. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking about Brian personally. <laughs> We're not gonna get into the Brian thing. We have to have another Thunderdome to set that to settle that to, that debate. So Matt says he's Matt. It, dude, it's it's okay. He's multitasking. So we've had a uh, we've had now had two comments about the sword the sword director. But so the first thing I want to get into this is um, I, I do want to talk about we don't we don't do recaps here. We try to get right into the good stuff. I know a lot of people just saw this. So to, we don't personally do recaps. It's not our, our thing. So I don't want to recap it as much as I just want to get your reaction to the snapback. Yeah. I, I Can I? Yeah, I was. I would love to get Ethan's perspective on this before you get anybody yeah, else's. I would I love to hear provide Ethan. a perspective here because I had to. I had to ask you guys, like, all right, where are we in the timeline? And again, and I also like I had to ask you, and then I had to explain it to my wife because she was like, "Are what? Ha what is going on here?" <laughs> um, so it definitely, you know, all of a sudden we're brought into you know this opening scene where she's sort of coming back and we know that as the snap and i had to ask like okay what snap was this um and we learned that it is the snap after the hulk from that was from endgame so um we're sort of in that mist of things are kind of coming back the the hospital is going crazy uh i you know i'm gonna provide this this thought later too but the one thing that really got me was geraldine took 
took took a shoulder, took a good took a good shoulder hit from somebody, and I was like, "Dang, girl, you're strong, you're real strong." And that to me was really really interesting, uh, and it provided some extra insights later on that we can get into. But yeah, definitely was not necessarily confused because I knew that there would be an aftermath to that snap. So it was interesting to sort of see that perspective. Yeah, we kind of seen. Go oh, ahead, Brian. Go ahead. I was going to say we kind of seen like an aftermath, but it was kind of played down almost com- comedically mm-hmm. in um, in Spider Man. So mm-hmm. uh, I thought this was an interesting take on the snapback. Well, yeah. tragedy plus time equals comedy. Like Spider Man takes place eight months after this. So right. I mean, and the way high school kids are, especially. I mean, there's nothing funny. There's nothing not funny about a tuba guy getting hit in the head with a basketball. So, I mean, <laughs> right. <laughs> Been there. Uh, do we need to hear that story? <laughs> <laughs> so, Mark, go ahead, was, uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead, Mark. What was your take on the snapback? Um, so my first thought when I rewatched it, one of many times, was I remember somebody posted a. It was a drawing of the snap, and it was one of those heartbreaking ones of, like, oh man, I don't even want to describe it. It was a dad in a hospital after he just had a baby born and like the panels went down with the snap. So when we were in the hospital, I was like, oh man, how dark are we gonna get here? But it, you know, Spider-Man I think was a great introduction to it. We can't like go serious with this. Let's have some humor with it. So I'm glad we got the more serious take with this version and we needed to have a serious take. We needed to see that um, people lost lives People lost their husband and wife, you know, and they probably remarried in that time. Like lives were changed by the snap. And I think it's truly amazing. I mean, how, how long was that segment? Two minutes, maybe? Yeah, it, was, two minutes? it wasn't long. It was like two minutes. Yep. And it was, I, I will put it up there as one of the like more powerful scenes in any Marvel like storyline. It, just seeing her come back there, have to find out that her mom, who she thought beat the cancer, oh no, she died, you know, and yeah. she ended to say goodbye to her. And, you know, she probably, we don't know what that, it was three weeks, right? Before she went back to work? Three weeks? Yeah. Right. So this is all taking place three weeks after Avengers Endgame, yeah. So you don't know, like, what that did to her having to lose her mom and, trying to refigure out the world all by herself. Cause it looked like her and her mom were still very strong and with each other. I definitely got kind of a um, glimpse of possibly what agent Carter and her niece, what that relationship might've been like if they were maybe a little more closer in age sort of um, with shield. So I kind of liked that tease a little bit, but Side note, every time someone says snapback, I think of trucker hats. I know it's like a serious moment, <laughs> but every time someone's like, what did you think of that snapback? Oh, man, <laughs> trucker hats are making a comeback. I don't know it's, why. It's the blip. It's the blip. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> I, I mean, this, this is a top MCU scene. Like, this is incredible. And, Ethan, I, I see what you're saying about her shouldering that guy. The way I read that scene is, is she was – full bore to the nurse's station and then he just appeared out of nowhere. Yeah. I I don't yep. think that that means she's 
super in any manner um, at this point in time. She got knocked down too. So she she did. Um, but I and we'll talk far more about that later on. Um, but I, yeah. re- regardless, I cannot believe Tiana Paris is incredible. Like just, they, they rip the bandaid off. They tell you immediately she's already been to space. She's already done all these things that she told Carol Danvers she was going to do one day. Um, I really like that they cast somebody who looks a lot like the little girl actress from Captain Marvel. I mean, uh, and, and, and a lot of that's simply in her hairdo, but still like she, she's super convincing. She's a powerful actress. That scene was incredible. The Russos said that it was a very peaceful coming back for people. That wasn't peaceful, but in a hospital, especially like you're on an OR bed and now all of a sudden somebody like appears on top of you, like that's not going to be, but that, that scene, I didn't, I didn't expect it. It shocked me and it was the visuals of it, how, how they, how the CGI worked. It looked incredible. I love it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it grabs you right away. I mean, it was a jarring opening. Yeah. To something that Marvel dialogue in the background too. Yep. To some, to something that was not, again, was not flushed out save for Spider-Man Far From Home. And it was done in a very comedic way. I understand why they did it comedically because at that point, I mean, the, the first half of, of Endgame was so sad before everyone really comes back. Like, that was that was the the loss. So I, I can get where they didn't want to really have that, that tone and that sentiment anymore in Spider-Man. They wanted to get over it somewhat. But this was, I think, a piece that not just from a WandaVision standpoint, but a piece we needed to kind of see into that that event, yep. not surrounding the battle with Thanos, to go and see, well, this is how the blip affected everyone outside of, I can't call it snapback now, <laughs> how the blip <laughs> affected everyone outside of the battlefield. Let, so. me, let me ask you this, because when I rewatched it, I thought about it, I'm like, you could have still had the episode without it. You could have just had her walking into it and had a one-liner just say, Oh, welcome back. Oh, how is that snap back? You know, but instead they put this scene there for a reason. And uh, it, I'm so glad they did. I'm so glad they didn't just throw it away with one line. It was definitely a needed scene. And I, it's there's so many emotional scenes in the MCU. And I think not just for fanboys, I think for anyone, there are scenes that just pull at your heart. And like Brian said, this is one of the most emotional scenes in the MCU. Yeah, no, I agree. It was one of my favorites. Chris says, I'm glad nobody snaps back inside or on top of someone. If you're on a plane or boat, when you got blipped, I hope you got blipped back onto land. He's Professor Hulk for a reason. He was smart enough to do that. Now you can see somebody coming on a hospital bed as it's going down, as yeah. it's going down the hall. So I mean, it, it doesn't really matter. Everybody got everybody back, but the emotions that that Monica felt, she wasn't getting people back. She was getting herself back. She didn't even know she was gone. Yeah. Like Spider Man. Yeah. Hey, remember that time we were at that planet and I got all dusty? Like Mark, you talked about people getting remarried and stuff. It reminded me of that professor and. In Far From Home, where he goes, did I tell you guys about my wife? She <laughs> pretended like she blipped and she ran off with another man. <laughs> so, so that was good. But we we go right from that and we go right to sword. The All right. So Lori's, sword, yeah, Lori's got a sword question for you. 
So right. the fact that sword has been established for the amount of time that it's been established is is really surprising to me. I thought sword would have been established post snap and kind of everything there. It's been around for a while. We learned that Monica Rambo, or excuse me, Maria Rambo founded sword, which is a big giant deal. Um, Tyler Hayward is the acting director. Say what you want about that guy. His suit game is absolutely on point. Everything about that guy. He doesn't look like a guy that's going to be around for very long. He doesn't look like a guy that is really uh, is is really has has good intentions. Um, but Brian with an I, I don't think we gave you many times to talk talk snapback. But do you have anything about the snapback or the or the sword stuff? No, I, I well, yeah, y'all. We pretty much covered the snapback. Uh, I think my reaction to it at three o'clock in the morning was. <laughs> Dang, they brought that into there. I was, I was really excited about that. Yeah, um, Blair Hulk brings up a good point here. He says they're setting up her origins, which I love, which yeah. I love, Dave. Yeah, I love David. Yeah. I love, I, I love that. Absolutely. I love this, David's team spectrum. I think she's going to be photon regardless. I think she's getting her powers. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, she yeah. is. For sure. Uh, the point exactly you said before the five year later thing didn't help everyone. They could have went back five years and no time would have been lost. They did it, frankly, because Iron Man refused to lose his family. That decision, as all Tony Stark decisions, are always a tad selfish. Ooh, I really oh. disagree with that, Rob. I really <laughs> disagree with that. It's not just Tony, man. People had moved on with their lives. Like, mm -hmm. Tony, obviously, he's the one that, that said, you bring everybody back to today. But you don't know the ripple effect that that's going to have if you reset the timeline five years. So like, let, me, let me ask this. Do we think Tony could have solved it sooner if he actually thought about it and wanted to? Because we all know he went there and somebody put the idea of the time heist in his head. And so then he kind of figured it out. But do we really I, think Tony needed that or could he have done it on his own? I think it's the knowledge that Scott Lang brought of the quantum realm and all the PIM tech that he that Scott Lang brought, the fact that Scott Lang was missing for those five years, he's the key so, to, to Tony Stark figuring that out. I'm kind of I'm kind of trying to defend Tony a little bit to show that <laughs> he's he's not as selfish. I mean, oh, I don't know. think so either. So, yeah. Well, Brian, Tony Brian, we're gonna, we got to let Brian talk because we're we're being told Brian's never allowed to talk. James is coming. James is coming to his defense. He's right. So, kind of a follow up, Matt. So, we we've had a question of you know what is short swords role in all of this, but then you know are they quite similar to us, Brian? What do you, what do you think about this? I we were talking about it before we really hit that live button, Brian with an eye. I don't I don't really know a lot about uh, sword. Um, comic book wise, but I do know that um, sword had kind of been created, you know, as shield was kind of phased out because shield was compromised. Shield had been compromised for a while. So sword comes in as kind of like the new shield is what I understand about it. Um, now all this stuff going on up until you get to, you know, the, from the blip or the snapback to where you see sword sword is this huge place. I mean, how can you build something like that in five years? You know, I think it's been built or going on for a long time. Yeah. Matt's yes. kind of giving you that vibe too. He just says, I like the way they put her portrayed sword in that last episode. It seemed very similar to what shield had going on. 
Well, and the sword headquarters look exactly like the Triskelion, like that we saw from Shield in Winter Soldier. I mean, they've even got it down to the logo in the lobby. I mean, just all they got jerk security guards, which get over yourself, buddy, at the computer. Like, come on. But Tyler Hayward, he could have given Monica her credentials back. Like the guy, the guy's dirty, man. Like he's got a hexagon of diplomas on his wall. That's all I'm going to say. So I know that we didn't get this question. So let me throw it out there because again, this is what I love about this show is that it answers my questions as well. Did he not give her back the credentials? Because if he does, I, I had the feeling that she can then go into databases, do a lot of snooping about some stuff that's going on on his end or just on the the organizational end that may not, that may not be above board or like it, it, again, I got that same vibe that you do, that this guy is not like, there's something wrong with him. So I kind of looked at that, her not being credentialed again, not as this like random, well, you know, you got blipped and we can't, we, you know, you're grounded. I saw that as they're, they're trying to keep her far away from, from something. I have a theory about him. Are we at that point where we can, yeah, let's yeah, let's do that now. Yeah. So, and I am I am ready for everyone at home and including Brian to poke holes in this. So it was the one line where he's he says something about like not everyone in the universe um, is a friend or it's like people. It was something Space about is like, full of threats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna say when he said that line, I was like. Why would he say that line? And then I remember they announced the Secret Invasion series. I'm like, is he a scroll? Could he possibly be a scroll? But even if he is, not all scrolls are bad people. Like that's no, no, I know. But what I'm saying is at some point we're gonna meet scrolls that aren't good guys, that are not the friendly green ones that we've met. And I'm like, I don't know why, but I got a weird scroll vibe about him. And uh, I don't know. That's where I'm going with him is scroll. I would say scrolls more likely than Mephisto. Uh, okay. I don't hate it. Yeah, I don't. I don't hate that take, Mark. I mean, I, if I really you just think about it. They're working on weapons. He said, like they're working on more weapon than uh, exploration. Yeah, and he says sentient weapons like it says on the door, and her response is, yeah, but it doesn't say – it says observation and response. It doesn't say creation. Right, and we already know – she knows of scrolls, so he has to be careful of that. So – and that could be a reason why he doesn't want to let her in too deep. So I, I was just kind of like, what's tied to her? She knows about the scrolls, and I was trying to put some things together. Well, we know Talos makes makes – mistakes in captain marvel so you know that's that's obviously again what i what i really enjoy about this show is we have been speculating about mephisto now for three weeks and now episode four comes out and i i don't know at least from my perspective i think that at least this episode plants a little seed of doubt in my mind to say that definitively now we're going to get Mephisto. I I don't know at this point. I don't know. I don't know where I don't know. Or maybe or maybe they are going to set up Mephisto, but they're also just starting to peel back other other components or other elements of Phase Four, and they're and they're again, they're painting with a broad brush that it's not just one narrative that they're they're laying out with this, but but multi, multiple. 
And I have a theory on that before we, we get ahead. out yeah. today. But no, 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 it'll be, it's something just setting up the future. But Ethan, how did you, how did you experience Tyler Hayward? Yeah. Like I said, dude's suit game is fantastic. I, I got to be honest, I didn't necessarily like pull that that amount of information from the exchange. I I sort of took from it, hey, you know, you're sort of going to be limited in what you're capable of doing right now. I didn't necessarily think of it from a standpoint of, you know, that he was trying to hide something or trying to keep her from I knew I know that she she sort of wanted to to go back into things, but um, you know, I didn't, I didn't necessarily pull the same information that you guys pulled. Well, he knows how to manipulate her too. He says, he says it was your mother's protocol and she can't argue with that. Like, is he even telling the truth at that point? Like, we don't yeah. know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was interesting. Stephanie, we'll get to Darcy. It yeah, was an interesting well. exchange, but it, it wasn't one that I, I necess- didn't necessarily pay like, that close of attention to because I just was like, all right, they're just trying to progress her story and get her on to the next thing. Um, and but with him, it's also super sketchy. He leaves when Darcy like gets onto everything. Like he goes, I need to get back to headquarters. Like I don't trust the dude. Yeah. Interesting. I'll have to rewatch because I think now that I know that it'll be interesting to sort of pay a little bit closer attention to that. So, so apparently Mark, that's, something, that. that's something yeah that's something i say now apparently no we made it so mark we made a joke i had alicia from alicia's closet on yeah. and i asked her what the saying was because i didn't know so she she learned me on fleek and then i quickly commented to say that a man of my age should never be using the term on fleek <laughs> so that's turned into that's turned into a running joke ever since <laughs> mark i think you should just go big with it and just like Say Embrace that it. suit was on fleek, and then dab, just dab it right it. afterwards. Yeah. Listen, there just are there there are some there are some things that I say that I take ownership of, that I purposely say for moments like that to to get a rise out of them. I'm not going to get into it because it'll set this chat room on fire that I said during the Thunderdome, the melted ice cream Thor thing. But I stand I stand by that one. I just need to flush it out and and defend it a little bit more. I need to defend it a little bit more. So, Chris, I want to go back to this. He says it's very true. They possibly don't do Mephisto at all. I I don't hate that, Chris. I don't hate it. What do you guys think of that? Is do you feel do you feel like Mephisto is a given anymore, guys? Oh, I, I don't think we learn diddly squat to quote yeah. Jimmy Woo. Like there's, I don't. There's too many. There's too many lead ups to Mephisto. Yeah, yeah we've we've learned team. nothing. We've learned nothing new as it relates to that stuff. Yeah, That's I think true. it's too early to answer that question. There's still so many possibilities. Yeah, I'm just flushing out the fleekness from this. From this, <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of fleek coming in. Fleek Friday, right now. good one, Rob. Go big or go home. Go big or go Friday. home. Own it. I, I, yeah, fleeky Friday. Fleaky I like Friday. it. I don't mean hashtag like it. Let me hashtag but, it right now. So you know, my no, Ethan's got. Mean, hang on, Ethan. But yeah. my thought, my thought was. If if Mephisto, who we've talked about on the show, I still don't really know a whole lot about. If he is going to be a part of this, in a in a standpoint where we he's a tangible person and thing, and and he's seen, then I think it's going to play into this whole idea of whether or not Wanda is really the one sort of like puppeteering this whole thing, because I think this episode for me 
you know, sort of set the stage for her not necessarily being in com- complete control, but but they're still I don't know. It's there's a there's a lot to unravel there, but I, I I'll be interested to see whether or not he makes some type of appearance and how that plays into so the rest. Guys, of the- I I I'm gonna I'm gonna jump a little bit in the timeline of the episode, but we've had so many questions that have come come in that have been really and specifically tailored to the amount of control that Wanda has over all of this, the changing of the decades, the, uh, the power over people, places, time, things. The fact that after she throws Geraldine out of the town that she realizes, oops, my bad fixes, everything cleans up the room kind of, you know, everything's fine, darling, but we've had a lot of questions about, and at the end of the episode, the last thing that we get is uh, Monica says it's all, it's all Wanda. I disagree with that, yeah. and Brian's shaking no his head. No I don't way. think so. So no. I, th- I think that there are, there's a lot of forces at work here. But it, I want to pull all because it's all sort of in a, in a very common thread that this is all Wanda. This is all a re, and and this is all a reaction to Wanda's grief. I think her grief plays into this, but I don't think that that is the end all be all of what we see happening in here. I think she's I, truly being manipulated. So I want to, I just want to round table that and go around the horn with Wanda, the vision, you know, all of it. Let, let's yeah. just start to get to, cause this is the one that this is the meat and potatoes of what people have been asking us as a panel this week. Right. So uh, Mark, go ahead. Let's start with you. You're our guest. Go ahead. I feel bad. Brian, do you, Brian with an I, do you want to go? I feel like. No, no, I, no, no, no. I, I want you to go. Okay. You, you, you and Ethan will be the going person on the planet, man. Don't worry. <laughs> um, I, I think her grief, I think her loss um, made her very easy to take advantage of by whomever is in charge of it. I, I do not in any way think she's the main villain and I'm kind of worried that we won't find out the final answer until um dr strange i hope we don't have to wait that long to get the full answer but i you just catch little little looks from her where she starts to kind of wake up from whatever dream or fog or haze this is and then just whatever's controlling her just gets back hold of her but Oh man, that look at the end there where she tells Vision she has everything under control. Yeah, Hmm. like that's a completely different sentence if she doesn't use the word darling. Like it's frightening how when she says darling, it changes the whole thing. Yeah. So I I think her grief made her susceptible, but I I think she's just a puppet. A very powerful puppet. I I think that that's 50-50, Mark. I think that her grief is making her susceptible to suggestion from outside parties here. But I also think on some level she's a willing participant in all this. And I think you see that from episode to episode. I don't know about that. I think she might be be, uh, mentally unstable, obviously. I think she's she's slowly losing her mind. Um, And... You know, part of that is because she's lost and all that stuff. But you see that through all from where she's introduced all the way up to now that she has these mental breakdowns and she's she's still 
experiencing them because she's had loss after loss. So um, she's definitely being taken taken advantage of, whether that's Mephisto or Agatha Harkness or whoever it is. Or you know, Agatha Harkness is Mephisto in the MCU. Like, maybe. Maybe. Chris so. says they could still make this a compelling story with Wanda controlling everything and no Mephisto. Monica saying that it's all Wanda though seems like a purposeful misdirect. I get I that's where I got that feeling that at the yeah. end of it, I was left with the idea that they want us to purposefully think it's Wanda. I just don't I don't feel it. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and I'll accept it. But I just don't get the feeling that Wanda is solely in charge of what's going on i think she's being manipulated by one if not more people in in that in that scenario well, she if will all, if it's all wanda if it's all wanda she doesn't have a problem getting rid of that stork you could say she's she's yep. losing control sure but she doesn't have an issue getting rid of that stork if she's in control exactly if, she's not gonna if she's in control she's not gonna allow vision to have his own awareness of what's happening like envisions clearly very uneasy with what's happening here like yeah. mm -hmm. it's a it's a it's a deal with the devil yeah. man like so why does she do you think change this has to go back to go ahead mark I, uh, oh i was just gonna go say ahead. do you think this goes back to endgame where the universe sees her take out thanos and they kind of recognize her as someone recognizes how powerful she can be do you think do you think this has something to do with how powerful she could be? Like, do you picture do you picture that battle being televised on CNN? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Wolf Blitzer was there. He was he got he got snapped back. This isn't Mission Impossible, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the flak jacket on, or or uh, Anderson Cooper was there with the tight black t shirt. <laughs> no, I I you're onto something, Mark. Like I we're we're tapping we're tapping her. Her abilities here like strongest female avenger like by the end of this series we're there man like i i know omega honestly, level powers yeah i man i feel like i'm gonna get burned for this but i think if wanda and carol danvers had to have a fight i think wanda could take her i don't think we're there yet but i think we're gonna be there soon yeah yeah, but she's yeah. clearly going to be a villain. Yeah. So Dwayne, Dwayne wants to know, and again, this kind of all plays into the same thing. Why does Wanda keep changing that sitcom genre? Do we, do uh, so, we know? So I have a theory. I gotta, I gotta, oh, yes, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yes. You're ruining, you're ruining the gag. All right. Go ahead. So my thought is here is, is from the get-go, you know, we saw, we saw this picturesque, perfect life that she's, you know, seen in television and as things start happening that aren't perfect, she edits them. So I think that she's putting us into these genres because each time something gets sort of not picturesque and perfect, she's got to change things up a little bit because it's, it's easier in many situations to just go on from a problem than to actually fix it. So I think that she's, she's editing and she's making changes on the fly because it's, it's interjecting into what is her perfect scenario. I mean, anytime something that's kind of odd happens, whether it's, you know, seeing vision in his true state or, you know, seeing Geraldine and, and all of those things being brought up, like she's got to change it and edit it in a sense. And then, you know, put a, pull it all back together. So that way it's perfect for her. 
And I do think that a portion of that comes from, you know, just being sad, being upset and not understanding how to, you know, really understand her powers and understand how to handle that amount of grief that I think that she's dealing with. That's just a guess. And it's not even really a guess. It's just a thought. No, I mean, it's Mr. Hart chokes, the beekeeper comes, and now, like, Geraldine, like, no, that's... You run away from your problems. That's thank you. Speaking, what she's doing. That's what she's doing with this entire this yeah. entire thing. Right. I wanted to know speaking what happened to that suit guy too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the beekeeper, uh, James, James says, "Whatever happened to the agent that went in in the hazmat suit?" We see him in episode four. She she's going back. She says no. She she rewinds and takes time back a piece. But we don't. That that's another fascinating piece. Is there's a few occasions where things will happen and they hit rewind what happens in the real like in the real world what are the ramifications of that they gave us indications form. that the that the broadcast just cuts but um we probably the broadcast probably doesn't see that but we don't know what happens we know what happens to Geraldine yeah. and we know what happens to Dottie like all that kind of stuff but we don't right. know what happened to the beekeeper yeah we we don't know and i my guess is the fact that they gave us what the beekeeper was that we'll see him again yeah but yeah, it's like I think he gets edited. put back in the fold. That's what I think is really interesting. It's like she's editing it. Yeah. What's so weird I, is, what's weird is when she says no, we see it from that angle. It's a completely different no than yeah. what we actually got in the show. I think that just may be an editing thing. That just may be a choice in the editing room, or it or it means something because tinfoil hat man, everything in this show means something. So yeah. yeah. It does. So Matt, We're Matt, getting there, Matt. Yeah. yeah. Matt. Matt was yelling at us. He said he feels like Detective Wu deserves a little bit of love and i'm i'm very sorry like i i feel really bad matt so as, as a little as a little thank you to you james e Wu, fbi <laughs> there you go close-up magic scott lang it pays off the greatest <laughs> there best scene ever <laughs> it's the greatest it's the greatest like if we want to read into that scene it tells us that jimmy woo wasn't blipped he had five years to work on that like <laughs> jimmy woo has experienced this entire blip like all that kind of stuff but they knew what i wanted from him and they gave it to me in two seconds and it was amazing there it is like he was sitting yeah. at his desk just like practicing <laughs> exactly he even gets interrupted he's like would you knock next time yeah. oh it's the greatest the two char- two character addition additions for me that were there darcy and and agent Wu. made they made this episode for me I was a huge fan of of them. Brian, hats off to you for call, for calling that in week one. You said it's Jimmy Wu on the radio, and you like it was the first episode without fail. You said it's Darcy sitting there watching as the first episode as the television turns off. You called it like dead on. So Blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then, gentlemen. Pro- yeah, props to you. <laughs> props to you. Amazing. <laughs> Uh, Rob says they use the word charm or charmed a few times. I believe that's on purpose. The definition of charm is happy or lucky as though protected by magic. Hmm. And that's throughout the series. He says, Mm -hmm. I feel like to get, to get a little bit again um, into some stuff that we've seen uh, a few questions about the policeman that just, again, seemed a little hanky. Yeah that here are two policemen outside of the illusion and yet they seem to be still 
under some kind of spell or charm that they're they're still going going with it. Brian with an eye. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, I, I think these guys are, are – I think whatever's happening in this town, they are directly affected. Um, the people that know the people that live in this town are directly affected by this, um, whether it's amnesia or whatever it is that they're that they have. Um, you know, the cops, the people who knew the, um, the guy, I'm not going to say his name or say who he is right now, but, um, they can't, they don't even know who this guy is anymore. And we don't even know where they live at this point, the witness protection guy. So, um, I think that Anybody that knows all these people are directly affected by this. Brian, that was like that was an element of the show that was completely lost and swept under the rug. That there the reason that they're there in the first place is there is a missing persons case. Why when is there a miss when is there a missing persons case that warrants a a, a sword agent to go and help? Like, isn't that overkill? Like that was a little that was a little bit of a red flag for me that usually you get a missing persons case or someone's in witness protection. You don't bring a sword agent to go and, and they, they wanted the drone, man. Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy knew not to go, knew not to go in there. They made it clear that that drone, by the way, it had the 57. It was in captain Marvel colors. Like all, it was the same drone that we had already seen. Now, yeah. why isn't that edited out of the broadcast? Um, but I want to speculate. Can I speculate, please? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Missing persons. Um. Yes, I, 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 I've heard that. You're the second person to tell oh. me that, Stephanie. And Stephanie Wyatt, give me some uh, clarification on what you were asking about Darcy, um, the five years, because I'm, I'm, I'm Team Darcy. We need to poke holes in whatever we need to, uh, any and going <laughs> against her. Okay, so um, the missing persons. Uh, if they, if the missing person case was only to get us to Westview, they would have quickly been, oh, there's my missing person. It's John Collins who plays her. Like, they would have already closed the loop on that. That missing person is a big, giant deal. The it's FBI, important. three weeks after the blip ends, the FBI's got to be a little bit busy. So I, a missing person's case doesn't get to the FBI within three weeks unless it's an important missing person. There you go. That's it. Who is that missing person? Mark, if you could pull up my first image, please. Okay, hold on. Give me one second. This image is direct taken directly from a featurette that was given in week one of of WandaVision. That is Jack Schaefer. She is the head writer and executive producer of this show. I apologize for it being so blurry. But if you pay attention to the left side of the screen, there is a black man with a red, uh, uh, excuse me, a man in a black suit with a red W on it. Around the corner, it looks a lot like Vision in his form. Uh, Marvel knows what they're doing. Um, this concept art of Simon Williams slash Wonder Man does not show up in a featurette on this show unless they're leaving breadcrumbs for us to figure it out. Wonder Man is Simon Williams, who is a very popular Hollywood actor within this world. Popular enough that I believe if he were to go missing, that the FBI would get involved early on. Why is Simon Williams important? He shares the same brain activity as Vision. Vision's brain activity is patterned after Simon. Now, this is all in the comic books. This is nothing MCU confirmed. But Vision's brain activity 
is patterned after Simon Williams, which is what gives him the ability to even love Wanda in the first place. Uh, Simon Williams has a brother named Eric Williams. Mark, if you give me my second image, please. Eric Williams is, you see that black helmet right there in the middle, two bones as well. Eric Williams is the Grim Reaper. Mark, next image, please. There is that same helmet. The Grim Reaper is Eric Williams. The Grim Reaper is light, is who I think is featured prominently on Agnes's brooch, her pendant. And I believe, and if you see that hook on his hand, I hope that he is played. I don't even know the actor's name, but I hope he is. I hope the Grim Reaper is played by the guy that played Captain Hook on Once Upon a Time. That's a handsome devil. Um, but Paul Bettany has said he shared meaningful scenes with somebody he's wanted to work with for a long time. Gentlemen, I think we are getting a big time superhero in Wonder Man, and it's going to be played by somebody we have no idea who it's going to be. I think that's our missing person. Now, this is like betting Tiger Woods versus the field. The likelihood of me being correct is about 10%, but it's as likely as anything. Huh. I agree. Well researched. I don't hate it. Just let me say it. that that you, you love it. I love it. I love it. That, <laughs> you don't find Wonder Man in a promotional footage unless yeah. they want us to follow the breadcrumb. Listen, I I love I love that man. Nice dig on that. That was so awesome. Brian, could it be a misdirect? I, but I they have no reason to misdirect us. Yeah. yeah. I think no the misdirection was correct. Yeah. yeah, it's not Monica. Like it's or excuse me, it's not all Wanda. Like it yeah. it's not. Like the broadcast is being censored. Man, we haven't even we're 52 minutes in. Folks, we're gonna go past the hour. If you want us to stop, then tell us in the comments. Um, <laughs> but like yeah, we haven't even talked about Darcy yet. But the the oh. broadcast is being censored and it's being censored at the times. One, why would Wanda broadcast it in the first place if she doesn't want people to come find her? Like she made a deal with the devil and she's there's unintended consequences here. But the broadcast is being censored at the times when Wanda is most distracted by Wu on the radio and Dottie gets her hand cut by somebody coming out of the sewer by by going at Geraldine. Like that's the last thing on Wanda's mind is to censor a broadcast. And we know that the broadcast is simultaneous with real life because they watch it. And then he goes, well, Where'd Geraldine go? Like, where'd Monica go? And then she comes comes flying out of the bubble. Like, somebody's censoring this broadcast, and it's not Wanda. Yeah. Uh, Matt Matt just asked really quick. It's like an out – he says it's an out there comment, but could the beekeeper have been someone that we all really know very well, like a Doctor Strange, someone completely out of left field? I don't think I don't think so. Yeah, I I don't think so. We saw his his face in the hazmat suit. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Uh, Samantha says that Darcy is the new love of her life. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a fan. She's yeah. witty. Yeah. Uh, coffee. Nobody, nobody cares. Wanda was <laughs> away. So this is all happening three weeks from Monica snapping back. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. She's And she's still hurting. She's still hurting. She has not processed this loss yet. Well, and no. like, I, like I said a couple weeks ago, like this is, this is a real life – thing like depression's a real life thing that people deal with Mm -hmm. at the end of avengers endgame you see her looking looking over the lake with clint barton and she's trying to cope with what's happening and she's she feels good that day but she if she gets approached by somebody who says hey i can bring him back 
Like you can have everything you ever dreamed of. Like you couldn't have kids before you can have kids now. Like, yeah, she's emotional, man. She's going to, she's going to fall into that with unintended consequences. And she knows it's fake. Obviously she knows it's fake. So Brian, here's your, here's your more context from Stephanie. What's Darcy's motivation to pursue higher education in astrophysics? How'd she so quickly become the go-to expert after we were kind of trained to see her as the slacker? Hashtag team Darcy. So in Thor 2011, we see her, she says, I'm not going to die for 12 college credits. She's in astrophysics already. Like she's already studying astrophysics. She's an intern for uh, Jane Foster, like all that all that happens. Then we see her again in Thor, the dark world in 2013. She asked Thor how space, which is a great line. Um, but she's still continuing that within astrophysics. And then the snap happens in 2018 and rocket in Endgame says it's a cosmic, it's uh, an event of cosmic proportions. Like we've never seen. And then we saw it twice in two days, like the astrophysics that come out of that, that's going to be a pretty popular field, especially in something like sword. So it seems like she's a contractor for sword and doesn't work for them yet. I hope she gets hired by sword as well as Jimmy Wu and they work together. And, um, but I, so, I mean, and Darcy clearly didn't get blipped, um, to become Dr. Darcy Lewis. Like I, I think you're, if you're team Darcy, I think you just don't want to shortchange her from what she was in Thor and Thor, the dark world. I think she's a very important character, even in those films. Um, but we all know that we're all looking forward to that commemorative t-shirt. Really looking forward to the commemorative t-shirt. Is there somewhere a lady could get a cup of coffee? You guys look like you might get down with those little pod things. Horrendous for the environment. Make your assessment, please. She's the best. She's the best. <laughs> so I just love that. It's like the best. I love you guys look like you get down with them. Little pot things. Horrendous <laughs> for the environment. <laughs> She's the best. I'm going to go next. Next time I go somewhere, <laughs> they're serving me out of a Keurig. I'm going to use I swear. That's like my new go-to line right there. <laughs> I, I mean, I love the part later too, when she goes, well, I mean, first the 60s, 50s, now the 60s, now the 70s, this can't purely be for my enjoyment. Like <laughs> I love that they're bored and Darcy's invested. Like their board is a, is a glimpse into our group text messages. Like this yeah. show is very self-aware and they know exactly. And if you weren't asking these questions, you're asking them now. Yeah, like yeah, the, yeah, why right. the hexagons? Like all that—it's stuff we've been talking about since since episode one. But yeah. it's a big deal. Yep. All right. So a, a few a few of the tail end questions that we got. All again, a lot of it just centers around Wanda and Wanda's control. But the big the again the big one that we kept coming back to: Why is Wanda constantly hiding what is happening with Geraldine from Vision? Why not just what's happening with Geraldine? Why is she hiding almost everything with Vision? People, people asked, is Vision dead? Is she controlling Vision? Because if Vision's not dead, why would she be hiding this stuff? So what, what is happening here? Dude's dead, man. Did you see that freaking I think scene? So. Yeah, I think so too. I agree. I think he's dead. My I'm going to shut up. I've been talking way too much. I'm sorry. My, my daughter goes, <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh! <laughs> yep, it actually freaked her out a little bit. That that scene freaked her out. So uh, I think he's dead. He's dead. 
but why is no she hi- why is she hiding everything from him? I think that um, man, I, that's a good question. Because could I take I this one? I, yeah, I, I, would, I would really yeah. like to take this one. So this this spe- speaking of classic cinema and just like uh, influences coming from like the fifties and sixties, this to me smacked of Psycho. This smack of Norman from Psycho that Hmm. mother is dead. (laughs) He knows that she's dead. And yet, yeah, he knows that she's dead throughout (laughs) the course of it. And yet all of his behaviors are constantly and, and like him trying to sort of justify everything that he's doing to a dead woman who would not voice her disapproval at all. And yet he still is doing those things to try to seek the approval of a, of a corpse for the duration of, of the film. And then the end of it, it realizes that, you know, you realize it's dead. They're not going to wait until the end to let you know that vision's dead. But to me, that's, that's what that was. She knows vision well enough. We've, we've seen his, his ethos. We've seen him talk about right and wrong. And we've, and there, it's not a mistake that in the lead up to the release of this, they put out again that discussion between Ultron and Vision. To have that discussion between the two of them and the perspective of humanity and right and wrong. And we've we've gotten to hear from Vision multiple times about his thoughts on power. And I think that she knows that he would disapprove of what she's doing right now. Yeah, 100%. She yeah. knows that he's dead, but in her mind, she's living out this fantasy. And so she still aims to please him despite the fact that she, it's, it's psycho. It's, it's Norm, it's Norman from psycho. It's, it's another personality. It's, yeah. it's one of her personalities. I, you know, right now, that's what I'm going with. <laughs> I think that that's exactly what it is that she's living through him. Um, or she's making him alive through her. I don't know how you put it, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, I think it's a different, different side of her personality. Yeah. So probably she may be hiding it from herself. He's not really there. 100%. I disagree with that. I disagree with that because she knows her reality. He, we saw dead vision. She saw dead vision. Like yeah. she knows, she knows what she's, what she's looking at. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah. I was going to say, do we remember in infinity war when Shuri was trying to, um, work on vision before they had to go down to the battlefield. Do we think she might have saved any part of vision, like on a zip drive or anything? You, she you saved her work. She turned like they they come into the lab. She turns around, does yeah, a few things, saves her work. Like, like I feel like she's even swiped to save at some point. <laughs> so I'm like, Wakanda's I, on auto save at this point, but yeah. <laughs> I think so, Wakanda is also running off of a roadcaster, James. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, should, we get, should we get Mark's opinion on the Wakandan fashion? Is it on fleek for him or no? <laughs> totally on fleek. Oh, yeah. 100% on fleek. <laughs> what are those? When you're, yeah, when you're, when you take on all that kinetic energy and you, and you just like have, have that's, that is the, the very definition of on fleek at that point. <laughs> so, I'm just wondering if, Shuri might have saved anything, and I'm just wondering if someone might have saved or copy and pasted from what was saved from that, and it's being used in some way to get something from Wanda right now, and that's why she's being manipulated. 
So, so I have one one word for you guys, and and Darcy said it, barf. Is anybody no, anybody no, remember? No, no. Come no, on, man. No, 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 no. All right, all right. So no. that's, that's this out, but tell us what you're talking about too, so the people that know what we're. Um... That's where you brought up. Okay. Go ahead, Brian. Go ahead. Yeah. Primarily <laughs> augmented retro yeah. framing. Yeah. It was used in Spider-Man Far From Home. It's the yeah. entire thing. I just think it's it's Darcy disapproving of, of old ways and women always doing the dishes and stuff like that. This is not barf. This is not <laughs> barf technology. This is real. And what tells us it's real is that Herb is John Collins, that uh, Mr. and Mrs. Davis are Mr. and Mrs. Hart. Like, this yeah. is real. This is real stuff, man. Like, real. I think the reason she sees dead vision is because she hears the word Ultron, she gets taken out of it, so yep. she doesn't see Vision in the manner. Now the question is: Is she literally puppeting around Dead Vision as yeah. as Weekend at Bernie style, or is it just she got reminded of him in that moment? I I man, I hope that's what it is. I hope we don't have Gray Vision like coming. And side note: With my Simon Williams like theory, Simon Williams was part of the West Coast Avengers. White Vision was in the West Coast Avengers. White Vision is, he's a robot, man. He does not love Wanda. Like, if we get Vision after this and he tells Wanda he doesn't love her, like, this is going to be bad. Like, Um, it could go real, real bad. mm -hmm. Brian, that was also also a really good Jake Gyllenhaal impression of when when Brian said barf. And then (laughs) why your reactions was perfect, Jake Gyllenhaal, to barf. (laughs) <laughs> all right guys let's do our let's do our best ten thousand maniacs and, and give them what they want they want more dotty let's get the let's get thoughts on dotty we've been we've been they're begging us they're begging <laughs> she's us. not on the board i mean we know she's not on the board agnes yeah. was agnes is on the board but she wasn't identified yeah. like that's a big deal and we know agnes from from trailers like she says let's take it from the top she knows she's in a show She's she's riling up the townsfolk, like yeah. as witches would do. So I think we've ruled out that the whole town is a coven of witches, but Dottie could still be a witch quite easily, giving her blessing by giving that trophy at the end of the second episode. Um, Agnes is almost certainly Agatha Harkness. Like there's there's just no way. Now who is Ralph? Who is I mean? Who is Dottie? Dottie very well could be Clea. Who is? Central in Doctor Strange's thing. She's insane. Like, she's ruled the dark dimension with Dormammu. Like, we're not headed that way with Clea if she is Clea. Um, But she's not on the board for a reason. And it's not that they didn't see her because they identified Beverly. um, And the first time we see Bev is the first time we see Dottie. So they didn't identify Dottie for a reason. We do know the missing person, whether it's Simon Williams or not. We do know the missing person is a him. So I don't think the missing person is Dottie. Um, if I had to put money on it, I'd, I'd put $5 in GameStop stock on Clea. Um, but that's about as far as I would go. Yeah. So we've we've already speculated. A lot of us think that Vision is gone. We got a weekend of Bernie's scenario going on here. Are the kids real? Yes. We got a lot of that as well. They Brian, are go real. ahead. Brian, they are on. real. They are real. They're real in the comic books. They're about to be real in on uh, the MCU and they're going to carry on all the way through unless the Mephisto thing materializes. So we might actually see. Well, what I think is interesting and and I have been like 
my mind is blowing over here. But what I think is interesting is is the the idea that she's making this deal with the devil, and you know, being allowed to see vision, being allowed to have this perfect life, being allowed to have kids—all things that you know she wasn't capable of, and now she is. So, I think I think that you know, if there's this big contract written out and she signs it, kind of like. Uh, Ursula. Ursula, just like, yeah, sure, whatever. You know, there's got to be, there's got to be something going else on here that, you know, and I think, you know, in previous episodes, we've talked about, you know, Mephisto wants these kids. So there's got to be some devil in the details. Yeah, that that was not a throwaway line. I agree. Yeah, no. That, no. that there's something that, you know, my mind right now is like kind of exploding because I'm like, whoa. This puts into a whole new and whole different perspective as to sort of what is going on here. If there's this now, and, and, and here's the thing, like as sort of the casual fan, I still have no idea who like the devil and the Mephisto, like I don't know who any of those people are, but I do know, you know, the devil went down to Georgia. I know what the devil is capable of in terms of making a deal. It There's, there's always something within the contract that says... Mm-hmm. Nah, there's something else that you need to be reading here that you probably glanced over and didn't notice. So. Stephanie, I see this one. I'm going to get back to it. Real, I, I will get back to it because I really like that question. Mark, just, do you have anything on the twins? Um, Side note, Mark, bravo to you for labeling Brian as Brian with an I. I just noticed that. that was, uh, no, no, that was these guys. They did. I did that. I'm not that smart. Thank you for not labeling as Mark with a K. Um, <laughs> um, so as for the twins, I it all happened rather quickly. So I I don't feel like it's real, but man, that's going to be real dark if there's a storyline where they get her hopes up that they are real and psych. Frank, no. So I, I like don't want to say Marvel's gonna go that dark to take away Wanda's children from her, but I, I, I have a feeling the children we saw being born and like that was they, they aren't real. I don't feel it. I, uh, and I, I love my co-host dearly. Uh, I could not disagree more. Um, personally, and it's nothing personal, Mark. Um, it's all personal with you. <laughs> we know that the Young Avengers are coming. Uh, yes. Tommy is Speed. Billy is Wiccan. Uh, all that's coming, but there's two things that we have seen that tell us everything in this reality survives outside of the bubble. Wanda co- or Monica comes out, and she's still dressed in her 70s everything, yes. even though she went in differently. And two... And this is the big one that not a lot of people caught is that tether turned into a jump rope and they pulled that back up out of that sewer and it's still a jump rope. Nice. Anything that goes into that reality comes out. Go ahead. But you need the children to still come out of this channel. So you do. Yeah, you do. Um, By your logic. Yes, they're real. As long as we can find a way to get them out of the bubble. If Wanda throws them out, that's what you're saying. Yeah. No, and Sword's going into the bubble, man. Like, mm-hmm. I I, I 
don't believe this is a full House of M retelling, um, but Wanda's getting those kids taken away from her, at least for an episode. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh, gosh. Oh, look out. Before, we, before we get into uh, that one question about where we go from here, um, people, people, a lot of people wanted then to know, because they're they're on the board, some of them, and there's not a lot of knowledge about them, what are the real identities of Agnes, of Dottie, of Ralph? Brian. Does anybody anybody want it? Do it, Brian. Uh, I, uh, does Darcy got me covered here? She does. I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know. <laughs> the, answer, the answer is Agatha Harkness. I don't know. I don't know. I yeah. mean, Agatha Harkness, if I had to put money down, Agatha Harkness, Clea, Mephisto. But, but again, we're spe- not confident in two of those yeah. three. But we're speculating. So in essence. I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know. But what all, do you know? All day. All, I could do, that's another one. I could do that with all day. <laughs> all day long. Guys, we always like to, we always like to end with this one. Um, it's always one of our, our favorites to end. And I, I really loved the way that Stephanie put this is where do you guys foresee next week taking us back? Are we going back into the sitcom? Or are now we on a joint sitcom real world form from here on out? Uh, I'll go last. I, I think it's going to go back to the sitcom. I think it's going to toggle between the two. So in the we same have, I do. I feel like it will. I, I sort of think that we're going to see two episodes again that are in the sitcom. And then I think you've got to go back to the real world and get that perspective and figure out what everyone else is seeing. I, and, and in reality, I'm just I'm waiting for the the costume that's on Brian's shirt. So that's yeah. that's an awesome yep. shirt. I'm that green for, costume is pretty uh, sexy. It's yes. next. It's next week, buddy. Get ready. Oh, oh I don't think it's next week. I don't think. I, it's next week. I think Halloween is next week. I do. I think it's happening. I thought it, I thought that'd be like two more episodes away or something. I think it's a 2000s Modern Family more than more than anything. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Did you say the houses? I'm ready. In the, in the trailer. Yeah. I I I think we're going to I think it's going to upset the fanboys who are just like, "Yay, the show's finally picking up. We're getting modern day action." Ha ha ha. But I'm glad they're going to go back to the format that is what made the show special with the sitcom, the dated sitcom, and we're we're at we're at the 80s still, right? We have to get the 80s. Yeah. 80s is next. Yeah, 80s would yep. be next. I am ready to go for the 80s. I think they need to go to it. It's what makes the show unique. And then I hope that the fans will now trust the show after that amazing fourth episode that Marvel knows what they're doing. They're going to give the fans what they want. They're going to do it in a logical, intelligent way. So, yep, we're going back to the 80s. And I I think we'll maybe get one or two little teases of the modern world. But I think it's going to be an 80s show. I think the more S.W.O.R.D. tries to involve themselves, the more breaks in reality we're going to have. Um, I think there's a reason that S.W.O.R.D. has been introduced now rather than just to keep people paying attention and provide answers. Um, Because I didn't – I got proven right about Darcy watching and Jimmy Woo was on the radio. Uh, But that's about it. Like, I thought the helicopter was a real helicopter until it wasn't. Like, like, so there's – 
I left that episode with more questions than I actually got answered. But um, I, I don't think you introduce Sword and then you don't. Jimmy Woo, he's just so so wonderful. You can't stay away from him for long. I think we're gonna have a lot more breaks in reality as Sword is trying to get in, and I think you're gonna have a better understanding of exactly what's happening, especially because. They talk about the drone reverting back to an old style to fit within the production and Darcy says to render it useless. The closer we get to that production value being modern day, the more breaks in reality are going to be harder to decipher. Um, That's a good point. I like that. I think that's going to be a big deal. I think by the end of this series, can can I share something that was not my idea, but I am very much team of is we talked a lot in this episode that not in the hour and 15 minutes we've spent discussing this 28 minute episode, but CMBR cosmic microwave background radiation. It's been around since the big bang. It's what created the elemental, uh, infinity stones, stones, which the mind stone unlocked Wanda's powers. We've saw it in the third commercial in the third episode of unlock the goddess within. I think the mind stone unlocked her mutant powers. Darcy has already foreshadowed that the radiation is within safe levels for now. That radiation is going to expand. There is no Terrigen bomb set up in the MCU. That radiation is going to unlock mutant powers or something like that across at least the Eastern seaboard. You know who else lives in New Jersey? Her name is Kamala Khan and Miss Marvel is coming at the end of this one, I think the radiation that Monica just experienced has unlocked Photon or Spectrum or whoever she is. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think we very well could see a post credit scene of of uh, Monica swinging by and seeing Kamala Khan in some form or fashion to try and mentor her. Um, I I and I could be I could be wrong, but this radiation, the, the line for now is a big deal. And that yeah. radiation is what unlocked Wanda's powers in the first place. I I'm still one hundred percent convinced that I said in the first episode that we are headed to a point where Wanda is maybe not the main, but she is a villain in Doctor Strange in the multiverse. Of I agree. I agree. I agree. Well, gentlemen, listen, thank you. We, we set records here tonight on this Dislife podcast, not just for live stream, but like every episode that the people, the people asked us for a little extra time. They hung, they, and they hung in there with us as well. I want to thank you again, my panel. Thank you to Mark from United We Fan. Thank you to my co-pilot also from United We Fan, Brian, every single week. Ethan, like, isn't this great? We just get our minds Good. blown. I week sit back and, and, like, let my mind explode. Uh, right? A lot of fun. And, and Brian from Mouse Years, like, the three of these guys are just, they're on they're on point. Because, again, if you ask me my opinion with almost 95% of these, I'm just going to tell you. Well, I don't know, and I don't know. <laughs> Gentlemen, Excelsior, I will see you all next week. We only have We only have a few more days to wait. And as always, we say what we add for the children. children. For the children. For the children. Take care, everybody. Have a wonderful week. Bye.